0: Diane, I'm listening to a podcast, Black Lodge Trivia Night. I've never heard so many game aspirations in my life.
1: Hello, welcome back to Black Lodge Trivia Night. A little bit, something a little bit different tonight, but with me, as always, art is always here, (laughs) Whether, whether Tim or me or Patrick, there's always an art, almost always.
0: Yeah, it's just the guy who lives there and just doesn't. There's never anywhere else to go. John Candy and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, for instance.
1: <laughs> Funny enough, the last time, the like the only time you were absent is the last time we did this. We have a very special Bookhouse Boys episode. That's right. Which is our little For you it's a review. For me, it's first impressions, let's be honest. I mean, you've spent more time with the solo. I've only done like the first stab at the adventure, uh, playing solo on my own. <clears throat> if you want to hear art's adventures in the solo of dragon bane you can go check that out i'm sure we'll have links to the show notes so you can just click around you'll find it but before we talk about dragon bane, we have business that's right do you I have do it or not, do you want me to go no, of course
0: of course not okay so all right so i've got a, it's, it's a quick hit question but i do want to say and maybe i'll do some timestamp kind of stuff in in the youtubes this is a huge spoiler for the season of twin peaks the return
1: so oh, shit okay
0: Just want to put that out there. I'm just going to pause for a minute. I'll put timestamps so you can jump ahead of it. Huge spoiler in this trivia question.
1: Laura Palmer dies?
0: I know, right? And he's a (laughs) dude? No. Um, So here's the question. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So the main antagonist for Twin Peaks, The Return, is, of course, Evil Cooper. Yeah. His doppelganger, whatever you want to call him.
1: Who kills Evil Cooper? It's not Dougie, is it? That's my my first guess would be Dougie, but that doesn't feel right. Uh,
0: yeah, you just let me know when final answers, and I'll, and I'll give you the answer. I don't know if you just want to talk through it a little give bit.
1: Give me a yes or no on Dougie. No. Okay. Is it a character from season one? Yes. Okay. So it's not like the Sh- Sheriff Truman's brother. Man, why don't I remember? All right. Final guess is Laura. All right. Uh, No, 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 not Laura. Annie. Annie. I meant Annie.
0: Annie, uh, Cooper's girlfriend from the end of season two. Yeah, yeah. No, the correct answer is Lucy. Ah! Evil Coop starts to get the drop on Sheriff Truman, uh, starts to draw a gun before Truman can get his out, and then right before he kills Truman, he's shot in the back to reveal in a hero moment that, of all people, Lucy (laughs) has blown him away. And it was sort of like, cause I think Andy has that sort of similar in the original run. He has that similar moment mm-hmm. where something was bad uh, was about to happen. Maybe it was the actual original Sheriff Truman was about to get a uh, surprise shot something. And Andy's the one who takes care of business and, um, sort of has this moment where like he shoot, I thought that is something I remember from one of the earlier seasons. I don't know if he kills, um,
1: Earl yeah, I was thinking maybe Winsome Earl, like he was involved with that somehow, but I couldn't. Yeah, but
0: I, I honestly can't remember the details yeah. of that, but I feel like it was sort of mirroring that. And um, But yeah, it was Lucy, of all people. I don't know why she's packing heat, but.
1: <laughs> it's actually Andy in season two, his hero moment is he steps through the door. He doesn't shoot anyone, but he's no longer shooting blanks. And he says, Lucy, I've got my sperms back. Oh, that's, right, time, that's <laughs> right. No, no. <laughs> and then he steps on a rake.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> oh, wah, 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 wah. and then he duck walks around for thirty five seconds, and so um, you can feel like the next three minutes with me moaning and groaning that I need to rewatch the return. But well, yeah, imagine what that sounds like. I was gonna
0: say, like, I, I was like, I, I started to do one thing for the trivia question. I'm like, let me just check something else, and then I ended up watching like the whole episode. On oh, did you really? Yeah, and I, then it made me realize I need to go back, and it's on Paramount Plus. <laughs> Professional plug uh so um yeah there you go that's tonight's uh trivia question lucy uh and yeah that's the answer
1: nice love it well you know what else i love i love dragon bane and if you're familiar with the Bookhouse boys episode yeah um so art spent a lot of time with it i did a little solo play as well i don't think either of us have done a group play of dragon bane yet correct but we've at least spent some time with the book and we've spent some time playing it i've spent couple build a couple characters just to like see what the base character creation was and the magic class and all of that stuff but i'm getting too far ahead of myself uh, why don't we start maybe unless you had a place you wanted to start with what dragon bane even is
0: i will say just fair warning this is gonna be like a oh yeah got, got a bit of the vapors i can i think we're both on the same page with really liking dragon bane so mm-hmm.
1: i have some complaints but yeah yes, yeah, yeah it's really yeah. good
0: But yes. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like just to lay the groundwork, uh, Dragon Bane has a long history in Scandinavia. It's one of their most enduring fantasy role-playing game systems. It started as a D100, probably as an adaptation of basic role-playing, BRP from Chaosium. At some point, uh, and I don't know when this happened, it was sort of given a rewrite into a D20 system. If I had to just totally guess, I would say maybe it was around like the D&D third edition OGL, maybe when all that kind of kicked in. But I, I, you know, don't don't quote me on that. And, you know, and it's just remained, you know, a, a staple of Scandinavian role playing for a long time. And now Free League has gotten their hands on the license. And I think it was last year, maybe the year before. I don't know. It was pretty recently, though. They put together a Kickstarter mm-hmm. and they've released a new edition, which maintains the D20 roots and some of the BRP sensibilities that have lasted over time. But I would imagine, because I, I confess I've never played any of the earlier ver- versions, but I imagine it then combines some of the more modern sensibilities that Free League has brought to the RPG scene over the last. I mean, I guess it's been a while now. Uh, I don't know when New Year Zero came out, but yeah, I mean. It's- 10 That's years? Like, Tales, I don't know how long they've been going, well, but.
1: Is it a 2013 Any Award winner or something like that? Something like, like, I, I feel like there's something pops out at me like that. Yeah, the, the time
0: has flown, and I keep thinking they're like a new kid on the block, but I don't think they really are anymore in that sense.
1: No, they probably don't need to do Kickstarters anymore either. Maybe and not, then in maybe their they fence, more. they don't always do a Kickstarter. And if there's one thing I love more than Twin Peaks, it's Scandinavian culture, as we all know. That's right. Uh, I would say, like, So you're like, okay, this this is a D twenty system out of Scandinavia. What's what's the deal with the pudding? It's it's OSR, right? It's old school renaissance, old school revival, but different. Like you're right, it's with that free league twist on it. You have like status effects and and pushing your role. So you're right. It has the modern sensibilities, but it's very much in that old school role playing, I don't know, niche, area, whatever genre yeah there you go perfect we maybe we should have picked out a scandinavian word or something like that i won't do something like that i'm so sorry to all i'm a big swedish chef fan okay nice i can say that and i'm swedish right that was done with the utmost respect (laughs) absolutely absolutely i do need to tell a really quick story real quick nice so for christmas when i was like do you want a Swedish chef sweatshirt? I was like, I would love a Swedish chef sweatshirt. <laughs> like, it'll be funny with the girls. I show my oldest Swedish chef videos. He like throws the chicken out and shoots it in all that <laughs> stuff. I love it. And the cabbage or whatever, the blunderbuss. So she gets me this great sweatshirt and it's got Swedish chef on it. And I say, I cannot wear this. Because it says, Vert der Ferk. <laughs> and it's like, the second my daughter asks, like, what does your shirt say? Or when she's old enough to read, and it's like, well, I can't word into public. Like,
0: <laughs> oh, you know what that means, honey? It means what?
1: The- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so yeah, big, big, uh, big Scandinavian fan over here. Anyways, very old school. Yeah. But, and we're going to get into this, the modern things they add, like OSR was something I checked out. Um, OSE, I mean, old school essentials. I know you've played old school essentials. Mm-hmm. I, Got rid of my old school essential stuff. Decided it really wasn't for me. Um, but Dragon Bang does interesting things. Yes. It borrows from other systems, as we'll see, with takes the advantages, disadvantage system from 5e. Mm-hmm. Of course, turns those into boons and banes. And it has, as I mentioned, pushing your dice and status effects. Uh, all that good stuff. Any other, like, big picture stuff before we...
0: You I'm know, gonna... this is just, uh, just asking questions, kind of the question. Yeah. I wonder... You know, I've been in a long-running Forbidden Lands game. You were in it for a little while at one point. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I often wondered, now that I've played Dragon Bane, like, was Forbidden... And we're not going to have an answer for this. Was Forbidden Lands just, like, their love letter to Dragon Bane when they couldn't get Dragon oh. Bane? And then they got Dragon Bane. And it doesn't really matter either way, but I was just
1: kind of... You know, because there's obviously so much overlap. Wow. I did not think about that. It has those survival elements, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tracking torches, tracking rations, all that stuff is there. And obviously it's different in Forbidden Lands, but yeah, Huh? I didn't, I did not draw that connection, but it, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just speculating, but it just, the, the, the amount of similarities they have make you wonder like, why would they have both? And you're like, well, maybe they couldn't get the one they really wanted at one point, And they came up with a really great alternative, Forbidden Lands, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But then they got it, and they're not going to not do it if they get it. So Because I think they're big... My understanding is they're big fans of Dragon Bane. When I was reading sort of like the the prelude or whatever to the books, um, I think Dragon Bane is one that means a lot to the folks over at Free League. So, anyway.
1: No, I like that. I like that comparison. I like that draw. I think it's good. Now, in case you're like, okay, this is an OSR D20 with modern machinations. Like, what about the setting and stuff? And I'll admit, the setting is not extremely forward um i if i remember it's kind of dragons and demons fight and kind of wipe out the world and then there's this new birth in, into humanity and all these different other um what do they call them what are the kin all these yes, different kin, kin. yeah and that's kind of it if you play some of the first adventure like you're in this uh cra- this like rift mm-hmm. yeah thing um and so the the lore's there but it's the immersive part of reading and playing that little solo adventure was really cool if you get the box set there's a great solo uh you can listen to art stuff anyways yeah the thing that hooked me was not so much the lore although it is interesting like you pick up the cover and it's like why is darkwing duck <laughs> dual wielding and fl- flying across my screen and it's like Oh, well, that's just one of the kin. Right. I don't know about you. Like, did the lore grab you or was it? So, I mean,
0: as as it may have come up before, I have very lame sensibilities when it comes to fantasy and science fiction. So, initially, <laughs> I can tell you, like, when I've, I think I mentioned this one of the playthroughs, like, when you grab the book, like you were just showing, you have Darkwing Duck, you know, Ninja Turtling down with his, like, dual katanas or whatever. And to me, I'm just like, ugh. Because, you know, like, so I I think this may be like something that's partially left over from, you know, I don't know. I I think Dragon Bane has a lot of inspiration from RuneQuest, which is the BRP fantasy system that's been going back forever. There's a there's a duck race in RuneQuest. Oh, so that's so that was one of my first clues where I'm like, wait a minute. I thought that's I don't know what this is now. So, upon first reaction, I'm like, oh, there's, okay, it's one where you're going to play cat people and ducks. And But then as I start, I'm like, oh, wait, there's old school stuff here. And now that I'm seeing this duck in a new light, um, I'm seeing it more as a rune quest, you know, homage than, you know, playing cat people.
1: So, and folks, there's nothing wrong with playing cat people. You, um,
0: cat people you can send you your hate mail sure. me. <laughs> yeah, right,
1: right. Um, what drew me in besides mechanics was not so much the lore, the really evocative art yes and we can we can like fold things up and you can see it and art yeah. can do like a cool whoosh side effect make a note you really do that and, like th- yeah right <laughs> what well, yeah the art is very evocative it is in that same speaking of scandinavian style of basin mm-hmm. if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that which we'll probably be playing shortly that's a big draw it's got this not an art major i'm not going to try to describe what this art looks like to me other than it is just very dark and Mm kind of gritty, but also clear and like with a bright presence. So it's not it's not like happy-go-lucky, but it also looks a little cartoonish. It also looks old school at the same time, just like the character. Uh, The creature designs are really awesome. Like it's old school stuff. I'm a big fan of the whole aesthetic of all the creature and class and and kin design. Really like that. Yeah. And I got to say, I... I
0: don't think I ever realized how much art was pulling me into RPGs until I, the last couple of years as I've gotten older, when Uh I was doing one of the live streams or something, I started rambling about stuff and I was talking about dragon's dogma. And I was like, the reason why I love dragon's dogma is because it's the video game equivalent of the feeling I got looking at the cover of the middle earth role-playing box set when Uh I was a kid. Nice. And so, it was one of those times I was like, Oh, you know, like my whole life, this art has been RPG art has been pulling me in. And I don't think I was really conscious of it until the last couple of years when I've really, and I, I got a two free League's credit. A lot of the reason why I started paying attention to the art was because free League had like with tales from the loop and a lot of their things, they have such a a clear vision. And I started to realize that other companies were starting to, maybe they weren't starting to, to mimic it, but it was just, I was realizing this, there was a a style that seemed like M space, uh, you know, has a very particular style. Mm -hmm. I was starting to realize like people were really going out of the way to make their art like evocative, not just representative, which I think you could argue might be like the five E stuff. I I think, you know, people don't look at those covers as like great RPG art in my
1: mind. I think not always. Sometimes, sometimes there's some really cool ones, right? Like there's exceptions, but, the, the benefit of dragonbane and and shout out to the there's lots of illustrators i'm sure but johan eagercrons is the lead illustrator for dragonbane and what it does cover art isn't an, enough alone to make a good rpg we're going to talk about mechanics and why we like this so much but it allows me to with you know if the lore is shallow but the art is this evocative piece. It allows me to p- put myself in the mindset of the Dragonbane world yeah, without like a huge lore dive. And so here, I'm not trying to be like philosophical or anything about it, it's just like, it allows me to play in this world to be like, these are the kinds of things I'm gonna see, whether I completely understand the dragons versus demons war from 4,000 years ago, it doesn't really matter. I just know right. that there's, this cool shit running around and i can picture what the bad guys look like when you're talking about going into a cave and you're on the you're on the bridge with the bat right yeah like i can picture the dragon bane bat and it doesn't look like zubat from pokemon right <laughs> so i mean I, it, it definitely serves a purpose it's just super well done as with you know i i will say if you get they've since released some hardcover books the the starter box was a nice touch It had some really cool like standees i like all that stuff but if you're used to like free leagues over production, yeah, one will get to my first complaint is paperback adventure and core rule book. And now, of course, you can order a hardcover core rule book, but it's like free league. We know it. We know what you can do. We know you <laughs> produce beautiful, gorgeous hardcovers like this. Yeah, there you go. I already got that. I do plan on getting the hardcover beast you son of a bitch. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think you almost, well, we can get into that. Um, but yes, so yeah, when, when you open the box and, you know, again, yeah, like you were describing, like the the Forbidden Lands box set, the books inside, at least, I don't know, like these beautiful leather-bound covers, uh, I, although I will say the Twilight 2000 has a really cool like ammo kind of tin mm-hmm. box set, but I think the books might be, might be. Might be right. Yeah. Might be yeah. Right. So this might not be, it might be a little bit of a trend of where they're going. Uh, but like I, I feel like the ones I, well I don't know I've got the one ring up there but I don't know what's inside that to be honest with
1: you. Anyway, <laughs> okay so old old school game yeah modern modern touches great art yes lore is what it is the the meat and potatoes of the game what's what's it like to play this game let's start with you already mentioned it's d twenty yes so it's d twenty and you will roll to roll under or equal to your skill so you want a high skill stat in this game and if you're trying to hit something if you're using a strength weapon you're going to roll against your strength and you're going to roll under it and the advantage disadvantage system is represented by boons and banes so if you have boons you'll roll an extra dice take the lowest if you have banes you'll roll an extra dice take the highest and you'll critically succeed on a 1 which is represented by a dragon and then you'll critically fail on a 20 which is a demon if you get the box it and have the green shiny clicky clackies
0: yeah i mean that's a good uh, that's a good summary and you know a lot of it at times i think moment to moment can feel a little bit like you know a dungeon and dragons type game oh, sure yeah but i think once you start to really get into it I, I i guess a lot of it comes with like combat you know leveling up there you start to see that there's a lot of differences and for me the differences i didn't know what to expect going into to Dragon's Bane Mm -hmm. until I started reading it and I started because I just assumed it was a D20 system but it helped me to understand that D20 system doesn't they're not all alike right you know just because it uses that polyhedron doesn't mean it it carries everything that goes along with what you expect from Dungeons and Dragons
1: yeah and I think it does a lot of the you know the trapping of Dungeons and Dragons sometimes is just like the repetitive nature of combat and without Skipping over some of the like character creation stuff. And, and your characters. Since you already mentioned combat. I, I agree that combat is a highlight here. Not only as the player character. But whether you're playing solo. Or I this will obviously work really well as a co-op game. Or you're just running with a group. The design of enemies. And their tactics tables. Is brilliant. Now I think that forces them to keep building upon the B series which they've already done I'm gonna get to one of my complaints here the game as a whole it, it felt so good but it also felt a little bit shallow like i wanted more creatures i wanted more weapons i wanted more heroic traits it needs more to really flush it out now you probably weren't i don't know you were playing rpgs before me and this is probably way more than you got when you first started playing dungeons and dragons second edition or whatever i have no idea but it just it always felt like it needed more but the stuff that there's brilliant so In combat, creatures don't roll to hit. They have a tactics table they roll on in one to six, and they're not supposed to repeat the same action. Like sometimes it just makes sense for the same thing to attack you the same way. You can just ignore that rule. But it gives such narrative flavor and kind of a, you know, you're the GM. You don't have to randomize their tactics. If you see something that makes sense, you just do it. But the, the, Narrative to the creatures, then, with having their own individual tactics table was so cool.
0: Yeah, and you know, if if you're familiar with Forbidden Lands, I think a lot of the creatures have that exact same. Oh, really? I believe so. Yeah. Again, that's part of why I was like, "Wait a minute, is this you know Forbidden Lands? Is there a connection?" I I don't know if that's how it was in the original Dragon bane or if that's one of Free League's sort of modern sensibilities that they bring to the table, but. I agree that that's awesome. And I also wonder if that holds back the the volume that they can give you or if it holds back the ability of somebody to homebrew. Because as you were saying, like, those tables, like, they technically don't miss, right? So whatever right. happens on those tables kind of – I feel like you have to get it right on some level because it's, like, it's guaranteed, So it can't be just like hits for 46 damage guaranteed. Like you sort of have to massage it, I think, in a way to make it work mechanically without just either obliterating your players, not having any impact. I feel like it's a real potential like sweet spot of design to come up with those tables to make them interesting, viable, maybe deadly, but not too deadly. You know, I don't know what the balance is.
1: Well, I think you're right because you have to be careful balancing this game because you're not at level five. You don't get a new spell right and we can talk about magic and how it's worked it's got a not that unique magic system but it's it's kind of cool i I created a magician just like go through it um but i never got a chance to play with it you will unlock heroic traits or heroic feats um when you basically anytime you crit or critical fail or succeed you do the whole call of cthulhu check it at the end of the adventure to see if you advance in that skill when you get at 18 you get more traits or feats and those give you cool abilities. So it's not like you're like, ooh, all of a sudden I'm level 10 and I've got deluxe lay on hands. And that means I can go face down the lich. Like the game is, like you're fragile because you have to, you're not avoiding the attack. There's no, like when you attack a creature, you not only do you have to hit, but they might have armor and it'll soak it. So when they swing on you, either you're using your actions to parry or dodge, amazing mechanic by the way, or, your armor soaking it and so there's not a lot there's some things that enhance that but my point is you're not going to feel like when you go face the big bad i think that's going to feel different than like if you're like level 15 and pathfinder because it just doesn't have the robust character development
0: right right so maybe let's i don't know should we talk about characters a little bit yeah first? absolutely yeah so if again it's it's this might not be a fair shortcut if you've played forbidden lands you sort of have an idea of what the character creation is You know, you pick your your kin you pick your class you pick
1: i love the classes by the way yeah the I classes really are great
0: yeah the um uh wh- one of them is like um there was one that really stood out to me as something interesting i hadn't seen before which was uh oh what the hell was it oh i'm looking at the beast beastier. is it bestiary or bestiary? what do you say bestiary or i bestiary? said bestiary yeah but... me
1: too because but there's no a
0: there and i was just never
1: sure oh maybe it is bestiary like so while well, you look that up, I thought the Mariner was amazing. That's the one I was and trying it's to find out. So specific like it gives you swim advantage. You know, it's like, well, I want to play Mariner, <laughs> but like this
0: skill's kind of bad. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I mean, you know, your classic kin, you know, you can play elf, dwarfs, uh, humans. There's the, Ducks, the mallard. Classic kin? Your classic your classic duck, yeah. Um and then Werewolves? the wolfkin.
1: Yeah, I was a wolfkin for sure. That was my first character, was a wolfkin knight. Nice. Amazing. Nice. I loved it.
0: <laughs> and then, you know, of course, the professions artisan, bard, fight. Artisan was another one I thought was interesting. Yep. Um, same. But bard, fighter, hunter, knight, mage, thief all seem pretty on the nose. But then there's merchant, scholar, mariner, and artisan, which, you know, sort of uh, I thought, you know, break from the norm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't, you're not just, which I guess you could say might be a little, I mean, like, Games like, you know, Warhammer Fantasy and stuff like that have sort of those kinds of classes yep. sometimes if you want to sort of try and make an old-school connection. But then, yeah, you know, you you know you pick your class, you pick your kin, you know, then you, you know, get your gear. Do you get, a, like, a dark secret in this one, or am I just thinking of forbidden You get, a,
1: uh, like, an item.
0: You get, you definitely, oh, right, you get a personal item that can, it uh, has a mechanical use where it can help you when you're you're resting, but also can, you know, provide a little backstory. Um, and then, you know... You know, you pick some skills. I had the hardest time figuring out how to do the skills in Foundry. Uh, just a little tip: the the Foundry module is awesome. Uh, there's a lot of automation. There's a lot of stuff that you know. Oh yeah, I remember listening. Yeah, but um, but you have to manually double the skills that you pick.
1: Um, yep,
0: and then it even populates automatically another part of the character sheet. So I just assumed somehow there was a thing I would check to say this was a trained skill, and then it would populate the list. But nope, just
1: by doubling the number manually, it all worked. To be fair, when you're handwriting it, so here's uh, mm-hmm. here's my wolfkin uh, knight. His weakness was he was a cynic, and he oh, had right. hunting uh, instincts and um, Army of One, and all very nice little character sheets, of course. Mm. You do write them in manually. With your base skill derived from your stats, and then you're man manually doubling them, right? So there's no like, there's no marking it's trained on your character sheet other than that initial score, right? So when you train in a skill, you double it, yeah. Which is again, you're trying to roll under so you want higher skill,
0: right? And a lot of those skills, like if you're getting like your. You know, on, you roll 4d6 and keep the highest 3 to determine your stats. Now, 3d6, I think the average is around an 11. Maybe when you add that. 10 and a half, 10, yeah. 10 and a half. Um, so it makes it 11 or 12 maybe is the And that's only going to give you like a starting skill of like 5. Is it 5? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Nine, yeah, yeah. Uh, attribute of 9 through 12 gives you a base chance of 5. So you can see right off the bat with like an average stat, your skill is below a d20 average by I mean, I know it's, it's not the same bell curvy kind of, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. know, you're working with a five or less for having an average stat. So that's, you know, so that was one of the first things that made me think this is, has like an old school feel. Cause I've always felt like old school D 100 games are, are, (laughs) it feels like they don't want you to succeed a lot early on. You know, whenever I play Call of Cthulhu, it's not like I have a string of like 45, successes in a row, I feel like I fail way more often than <laughs> I succeed. I, Call of Cthulhu is different, but even when I've played like Mithras or, um, a few of the other older school stuff, I feel like I fail a lot more than I succeed, um, by a margin, which <laughs> could be just in my head. But, and so when I start to see this, I'm like, I'm going to be failing a lot of roles. And that actually comes into play, you know, when we get to it with the, the boons and banes pushing roles. hmm because I always, I already feel like I'm at a disadvantage given the the lower number of stats. I feel like in D anD D, I'm succeeding a lot, even when I'm a pretty lower character.
1: In Pathfinder, you certainly, I feel like. I mean, <laughs> last session, happened, aside, side. yeah, right. <laughs> exactly, think exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, especially as you get higher, because a plus one to your role is so impactful in Pathfinder. I mean, that's like a plus two is you know, like insane, you know. Um, but you're right. But we're here, we might as well talk about it, right? So right. let's let just say you're pers- you can push roles to take adverse consequences. There's only six things that you can suffer from. Basically one thing affecting each of your key stats. So exhausted, effect, tied to your strength, sickly, dazed, angry, scared, disheartened. And so you can push a role to take on one of those statuses, but you have to come up with the narrative reason why you're sickly after pushing a constitutional maybe you're testing poison or something like and like you succeed after you push it but like you're gonna be like blowing out your guts for the next month you know after drinking some poison or something like that so you got to come up with that that reason uh and then of course if you have all the statuses then god God help you yeah right exactly um and so if you're sickly then you're taking a minus one to all constitution based rolls once you have that status so you can push it but there's going to be a cost wait is it a minus one or you take a bane so that you roll two dice take the lowest bane what minus one minus one would be good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right
0: right and i just want to state that because in my playthrough if, if people check it out i don't think i appreciated how impactful taking banes would be as uh, as a low level character and it, it really makes now that i know that it makes the choice of pushing a lot more of a complicated choice. So, you know, in, in a typical Mutiny Year Zero game I don't know if there is a typical Mutiny Year Zero game because this um this mechanic of taking his status i've i saw in Vason as well.
1: Um It's in Vason, it's in um Tales from the Loop, it's in okay. Alien. Uh, well, Alien is your Increasing stress, but in right. Tales from the Loop, you're giving your character a status effect. Okay, so this, yeah, this
0: isn't the first time, but like in Forbidden Lands, and I think Mutineer Zero, definitely in Forbidden Lands, when you want to push a role, you have to hurt yourself in a way. Like mm-hmm. you're not taking a status, you're actually taking damage to the stat mm-hmm. itself. And I found that sometimes creates these weird, like, okay, well, how do I explain how I hurt my dexterity when I, you know, try to open a, you know, like sometimes it's obvious, but sometimes I'm, I struggle with like a narrative explanation for me personally, having these like angry, you know, exhausted made it a little easier for me to maybe because it boxed me in a little bit, but it made it a little easier for me to picture like, yeah, this is why. And just so you know, like listeners at home, you probably know this. um, You can push, like if you push say, your strength and you blow it. You take, you know, a condition on your strength. You can still push strength again. You just have to take a condition on another stat, like say willpower. And I found that interesting because like willpower might be exhausted or whatever, but I found it interesting to be like, okay, I did something physical and I'm already in this condition and I could see why now that would frustrate me or exhaust me Mm -hmm. or, and it helped me sort of tell the story of my failures easier for me personally than in some of the other Mutant Year Zero games that I've played that
1: don't have the conditions themselves. Nice. Nice. Um, I, I, yeah, I like that. I mean, it's it just that little, that little uh, just push that nudge into what does it look like to push. I agree. I mean, it's just a little suggestion of, and I'm sure like if you're playing it for like, I'm tired of saying I'm sickly.
0: Right. I mean, come Who up cares? with a new thing,
1: but it is, yeah. you know, uh,
0: I, yeah, go ahead. You know, okay. So this could be like a, a really, I mean, it's definitely a really dumb hot take. <laughs> I'm just going to say it out loud though, since we're not recording this on the internet. <laughs> Do you ever feel like, uh, so there's the Mutineer Zero engine, right? Uh-huh. That powers a lot mm-hmm. of free leagues games. Dragon Bane, I would say is not one of them.
1: No, no, no. It has what we just talked about, but that's kind of it. Right. Do you ever feel like the Mutineer Zero
0: Engine game is like a Euro board game where the mechanics are all really interesting and make for really interesting gameplay? And then the moment you put theme on it and you're like, eh, just don't, don't think about the theme too much.
1: Okay. So I did struggle with that in Tales from the Loop, which I've only played once at like a, a game day, I had a I had a great time, but that, the pushing and the side effects from that was like, oh, okay. it, like, sure. Alien though, it is so good. The push and the taking the stress and the spilling over, the, the stress track in Alien is so perfect and tying that to pushing your roll makes it work really well there.
0: Well, let me ask you, because I, I confess, I you know, there's always a lot of praise for the stress mechanic in Alien. Because, uh-huh. you know, sometimes yeah. I think about, like, you know, getting willpower points to cast magic in Forbidden Lands.
1: Oh, it's in Dragonbane 2, right? If you're going to do magic, you use willpower points, by the way.
0: Yeah, but uh- you don't need to push rolls to gain the willpower points. So you don't need to say... Push a strength check to hurt yourself,
1: right? You know that's a weird mechanic, right? So it
0: feels like on paper the interlocking systems are cool, but then as soon as you put the theme on it, but like in Alien, with the stress die, you you roll the stress dice as additional chances to succeed, right? Right. Um, Is there extra penalties for failing when it's on the stress die?
1: Yeah, I think like a facehugger on that. Now it's been a minute since I played Alien, but I believe facehuggers on the stress die is what trigger awful, terrible events. Okay, because I used to sit yeah. there. And I'm then like, obviously, then you roll on the stress table when those come up. Right. And now in our campaign, I will, I will admit, the stress never got high enough, which is a shame. I ran a one shot, and we just had like people like blind firing in a, a circle, like okay. shit hit the fan. I'm like stress was popping off, and I was like. This is so good. And I should have stressed you guys out more when we had the big alien campaign, but right. neither that's a digression. So I will um, say
0: that might be why I sit there and be like, why am I getting more stressed and then having more chances to succeed? It's because we didn't get to the stress levels where it's just a clown car show and everything's on fire. Oh, and-
1: yeah, you're pushing your fire roll, but you're also just spinning in 360 circles <laughs> like with two guns sticking out like um, in, in boondock scenes. <laughs> there was a firefight. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so sometimes I, I don't know. Maybe that's a stupid take, but sometimes I feel like the the systems interlock in interesting ways. But when you have to narratively explain it in 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 situ, um, as assholes would say, um, <laughs> it, it gets it gets tricky. It,
1: it I yeah, sit there. Why going, are you hurting yourself to get willpower in in Forbidden Lands? That's a weird one. I, I didn't play enough of Forbidden Lands right. to like grok that. But here like Boons and Banes mm-hmm. is a mechanic that is easy to narratively. So you want, you want the Banes, right? You need the Banes to really succeed. So then you want to tactically, what the Banes force you to do in Dragonbane is to come up with tactical solutions to get Banes. Oh, I'm using a torch. So that's gonna, maybe that gives me, you know, like a benefit on a-
0: Sorry, you flip that. You're trying to get tactical reasons to get Boons.
1: Boons, Boons, Boons are good. Two okay, good, good, good. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I am, yeah. Um, (laughs) like maybe that's going to boost your, um, spot hidden. Right. And like, oh, I'm, I'm using a a torch. It's a a bright area, whatever. Let me get a boon for this. Um, and so like, not only does it narratively make sense, but also I think it forces like good tactics. And I think in this game, you probably want to be liberal with your boons and veins. Yeah. Like, I think it's crafted to be using those a lot yes
0: and there's even like in a mechanic like you know you sort of net out you have three boons and two banes well then you have one boon net and that's what you yeah definitely so i feel like you're correct yeah it's meant to have them get thrown around
1: yeah it's not supposed to be like oh you have this and maybe it is and maybe i don't know you tell me but like in in dungeons and dragons it doesn't it or D &D 5e i don't know why i said the full name so proper in dr (laughs) dungeons and dragons um (laughs) Like, I i don't feel I'm getting advantages and disadvantages a ton. Like, I have one D game going on, and I'd never awarded them a ton either, unless like the players did something cool, right? And we're explicitly like, oh, we're flanking this guy on purpose. It's like, okay, we'll take an advantage. Um, and that's an optional rule, anyways. But mm. here, I was, especially after I listened to you, I was like, man, yeah, that's like. I want to do it here. I, I I want to I want to do it. I want <laughs> boons and banes here. What what do you think?
0: Uh yeah, I I was about to ask. I don't have a ton of experience playing 5E. Are there ways you mentioned flanking but it's an optional rule. Are there ways mm-hmm. for players to sort of advocate for it or is it really just a GM fiat kind of
1: Well, a lot of time it's mechanic okay. driven. So it's prescribed um, in a way. Yeah, like if if something has a status effect, it's not too different than Pathfinder, right? If something is flat-footed or prone in Pathfinder, then you, you're going to get a die roll modifier, of course. Um, and so sometimes that's where it comes up a lot in Dungeons & Dragons. It's less... Like, obviously, you should have a boon there in, in Dragon's Bane, and that's not so... That's more mechanic-tactical-driven. Right. Not a huge d d 5e player. It's never felt... it. it I shouldn't say never. It is rarely felt as like a narrative reasoning unless it's like, oh, you're doing something really cool. Then then I'll give you advantage. Where here, the advantage can be sound tactics. Right. You know, something like that. That's how it feels to me at least.
0: And, And I'll just say up front, like, you know, I have run some 5e. Maybe in 5e it's meant to be narrative as well. I, I confess when I was running 5e, the advantage disadvantage was something that usually fell out of the front of my mm. mind when that's, I was,
1: Yeah, that's how I fell. Um
0: where here it feels like it's it's a lot more intentional because it's such a forward mechanic for the player to choose to take a bane. And the player is constantly thinking, Do I want to take this bane now? Do I wanna do mm-hmm. and I think that keeps it in sort of the the front of the conversation and would probably help me as a GM realize, yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> Um as I smash my mic.
1: Um, this is I'll the thing that. we need to like keep ten times an episode.
0: <laughs> that we need to keep keep in mind because it's um it's important, especially to help offset because the players are gonna be motivated. I, I shit, I need to re-roll. And like yeah. you were saying, now I gotta come up with something narratively,
1: tactically to honestly, offset it. To offset or I'm gonna it. be bon- I mean, you're gonna be right. you I mean, the chances on rolling a four or less on two d twenty, and you're taking the worst result. Yeah, is math right? It was already a twenty percent chance. Yeah, and now it's less than twenty percent chance. Patrick's going to do the math and post. <laughs> yeah, <sure.
0: laughs> okay. A couple of social mm-hmm. sciences here. <laughs> exactly. We have people to do the math. Um. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so having the Boons and Banes,
1: um, I don't know what I was going to go with that. Just basically, yeah, I, I like It's a fundamental system. mechanic of, of Dragonbane. I mean, yeah. that we're in this whole pool of like, why do we play this game? Why do we like this game? I think because of the narrative choices it, it makes you make. Um, and so, while well, we're talking about mechanics, if you're okay with it, I want to jump back mm-hmm. to combat. And yeah. just real quick, you shuffle up a deck and then you, you put everyone in order. And you actually shuffle up the deck and reorder everyone for initiative every combat round. Yes. Um. You have your card in front of you. You get one action. You can move, and you take one action. And that action can be a reaction. It can be an re- action, whatever. And now you might get a trait that gives you two actions. It might be something that, you know, some enemies have higher ferocity. They're able to do more things, all that stuff. But you are deciding every turn. Sometimes you're deciding where you're at in the turn order. But you know where you're at. Something's attacking you. You get one action. Are you going to use your parry or dodge to... To try to not take the damage because again the, the enemy is going to hit you, but the tactical decision of that one card in combat is so agonizing because you don't want to take the damage because uh, let's see, Stilgar started with fourteen hit points, right? So it's it's not a ton. Now I did armor him up; he had five armor, nice. which is pretty sweet. Um, but that of course gave me bane's on sneaking on and everything. evading, so everything's like offset. Uh, but anyways. You either save the card for your turn to attack or you parry or evade, but that's going to use your card up. Right. And And, you have
0: to make that decision before you know if it hits, right? Before before damage. Before damage. damage. That's what it is. Okay.
1: Well, because it's always going to hit, right? I mean, it's going to... That's true. Depending on... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I know in Forbidden Lands, I think you have to decide if you're going to parry or dodge before they attack. Huh. Um, So you have to decide even earlier in Forbidden Lands. And yeah, here I think it's before you do damage. Um, so, I, I will say this uh, a lot of the Mutineer Zero Engine games um, initiative is like draw a deck of cards, uh-huh. you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The lower goes first. For me personally, uh, for as much as there's like old school inspirations in this game, um, and given how important, as I hit my mic again, how important initiative is to what, because of what you're just saying, this economy yep. of action that you have to puzzle out, I wish this borrowed something that one of my favorite initiative systems is Mithras. Mithras is a similar thing where you're drawing a, you roll a one D 10 instead of drawing a card from one to 10, but you add to it. um, Like an initiative number that's generated by averaging out your intelligence and your dexterity. I love it. Yeah. So, and I've said this probably, probably to you somewhere in, in, in the past. I love that smart characters, can think their way through it. Yeah. Almost no game I know of rewards being smart as part of fighting. In that regard, uh, and so I, I
1: wish. Let that, me tell you about Pathfinder Second Edition. Oh, go uh, on. Recall, well, recall now. Like,
0: true. Recall know, no, That's recall. true. That's Yeah. True. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, go. But yeah. So to build smarts or dexterity, so you you don't have to be so. Like a mage can be smart enough to get the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Or anyway, the point is that. I wish there was something to this economy that's so important in Dragon Bane that wasn't just pure
1: chance. And it's pure chance every combat round. So here's yes. here's one of my other nitpicks with the game is every combat round you're setting the initiative. Which maybe you know what would be like far more interesting is just like if you parry like may, like maybe there was actions that dictated like Freeze the combat in place, but allow your actions because they're so limited to like a parry jumps you up in front or allows you to pick like you're getting the upper hand. Whereas here, like, okay, something's attacking you, you parry it, and then it's the next round. It's like, oh, shuffle it up random. There's no player mitigation to initiative, which is too bad. I understand the the simplicity, the ease, perfect. But I, I agree 100%. I mean, I would almost once I play it with a group instead of just myself um hey it's 2024 playing with yourself hey is, it's fine it's yeah we all crude. got through COVID somehow um <laughs> thanks Sean Tompkins <laughs> uh, actually I don't get that one that's the designer of the solo rules and oh, iron Forge yeah. <laughs> and star <Starforged. laughs>
0: Right, right 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 Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I totally blanked on his... Sorry. I apologize because I I love his games. Um, (laughs) He did the solo stuff for here as well. Yeah,
1: he helped out with it. It's it's really good. It's It's really really good. It's really good.
0: Yeah, so you know, to be fair, I I will say I'm not familiar with all of the heroic abilities. And I'm sure some of those Uh, heroic abilities might allow swapping, changing, picking order. So, um, but I do wish right off the bat there was some, there was some, it wasn't, pure chance. You know, like, you could have great yeah. stats, but still draw 10, and you're screwed, right? So it's not like right. you're guaranteed, but I do wish, like, if yeah, you're really some... good at fighting, you would have the the in-game presence to, like, okay, I'm going to position... Okay, it wasn't perfect, but I position myself a little better, or something.
1: Right. Uh, now, just like I said, once I play with a group, I can see house ruling that, changing it somehow. Mm-hmm. As the GM, if your players get the drop on a creature... And and that's in there to a certain extent, right? Like if you yeah. get the drop, you pick you pick the turn order. Yes, on that first round. But then, but then you're back in a chance almost all the time, right? I, I think
0: so. Yeah, and and like you're describing, there might be reasons why you want to go last.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, so you know, maybe that maybe that's the house rule is that you your skills instead of in Mithras you take a d10 and add your stat. Maybe here you would subtract your stat or something. So you are Oh I got a three but my stats a minus three so now I'm a six so now I can sort of you know I have a little bit more information about what I'm I'm doing before I have to make a choice. Um, anyway, but yeah but otherwise like b- beyond that, um, you know once you establish initiative, I, I think a lot of interesting things start to happen. Um, you know an attack is uh, I, th- I think it's basically just like you know you you, you roll against your stat.
1: Um, yeah, your your weapon skill in that stat. So if you're using a hammer that's going to be based off your strength skill, right. and then you're rolling under your hammers. Yes, yeah. And then
0: based on your strength or your agility, you have a damage bonus. Yep. Uh, so if you're incredibly strong, you'll do like an extra D6. If you're sort of normally strong, it's a D4. So, you know, like, and I, I do think it's interesting. Like a lot of the games I've played that have it, had a damage bonus die – they almost never have it for agility making your ranged weapons more deadly. Like in, in I'm gonna keep referencing. Let me tell Mithras. you about
1: Pathfinder second edition. Oh, do they do that with agility? Yeah, Pathfinder for for like finesse weapons and, and range is based off agility a lot of times. Now, there's exceptions. You can throw a spear and that's gonna be based off your strength. But yeah, I was gonna say, okay. Our Lord and Savior Pathfinder second <laughs> edition.
0: Cause yeah, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reference Mithras a lot because Mithras is a rune quest sort of derivative. It's old school BRP. It's and so it's got a lot of what I probably would consider similar roots to Dragon's Bane. And in there, I think even like bows are strength bonus because you pull the 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 arrow back harder. I don't know. I'm not Katniss. I don't need to know this. (laughs) Um, So um, anyway, yeah. So so, you know, and then you know they have to decide. You know, enemies have to decide: Are they going to spend their you know their action to protect themselves from the blow Mm -hmm. that's coming? Uh, And then if for some reason you calculate damage, then the way God intended uh, armor absorbs some of that damage instead of making you miss, which I know I've ranted about when I was playing the game, but I love, and we talked about it during cyberpunk, but I love when combat systems have armor that soak the damage instead of making an abstract. All of it. Yes. Singularity of it, you know, it's not whether it hit or didn't hit or did not it, It's just a sort of uh, it didn't count. Um, mm-hmm. I love I love me a little bit of that extra granularity.
1: Um, Absolutely. Because Agreed.
0: and I, I think I mentioned this in the playthrough because it allows there, there. Oh, man, I wish I could remember what the thing was. Because there was something that came up. I don't know if it was in the first session or the second session where it actually mattered like narratively. Did I get hit and absorb the damage or did it miss? And and I was trying to, uh, this is going to kill me. I don't
1: remember that being in the first one.
0: It, I, it must be in the second one where I something happens in the session where I huh. was like, this is a moment where having an all-in-one armor class without that distinction, oh God, this is going to kill me. Because <laughs> I can't remember what happened in the session. I remember the, the big picture things but um anyway i'll i'll it's not gonna do us any good here but um i think it just it, it helps me personally to have that separated because you know how how things are pictured in my head so um i prefer that and i like it i like that dragon bane does that and i was not expecting that from a quote-unquote d20 system <laughs> um, nice so uh
1: yeah um Mechanically we've talked about the heroic traits. A little bit, yeah. Touch on yeah. those. There's about forty something of them. They can range from incredibly useful to more thematic. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I want more. I want them to keep they've already added new kins. They have the new bestiary, bestiary, mm-hmm. aluminium. Uh it had six new kins and like sixty new monsters. The the rule book, the hardcore the hardcover, the hardcore. The hardcover rule book is the same rule book with um like one adventure tacked into it. Yeah. The B series adds a whole bunch of new stuff. So, um, but heroic traits, you will most of the time use willpower points to activate them. Some of them are just passive; you get the benefit. Like you can do a twin shot with your bow and arrow. Now you roll, you roll two shots, but you have a bane on your two hit, and then they roll their damage separately. Um, there's one that like lets you cook out in the wilderness, things like that. Um, and again, sometimes you spend more power points, sometimes you don't. Interestingly, a mage does not get heroic feats; they get skills in different types of schools of magic. There's four schools of magic in the core rules. There's some fan-based stuff out there on Drive-Thru rpg hmm. that I got and really enjoyed. That I had the school of necromancy. i There's actually a lot of fan-created stuff for Dragonbane already. I don't know how good all of it is, but the one I purchased was someone that you and Pete over on the Discord server recommended. That does a bunch of good um, fan-made stuff and. I'm sure, we can find a link down in the show notes. But, anyways, there's four schools of magic, and your skill in that school of magic kind of determines your two hit for the spell, and you have certain amount of spells you can prep and things like that.
0: Yeah. Um. So let me ask you a question. Uh huh. You, you know, you you did some character creation with. Um, yep. I did a knight and I did a mage. Yeah. Yep. I just want to say really quickly, um, boons and bane's. I don't know if mathematically, statistically, how it negatively or positively affects players in terms of like you know do that do they succeed more or succeed less but in terms of just like instead of like a negative two modifier a negative four modifier for this a negative one for that i just love the okay that's a bane that's a bane that's a boon and you know like you're not okay so it ends up being like in, in in savage world you're like okay so that's going to be a negative nine yeah right. you know after you sort of crunch like seven different stats but it's sort of a like bit. you know you just sort of go like okay boon boon bane
1: Bane, Bane, Boon. Okay, it's just a straight roll. You know, like you know what I mean, right? Or if you have two Banes, you're rolling three dice, but you're still like, so you're telling me there's a chance, <laughs> exactly. Whereas if you're like minus ten, you're like, well, nothing's gonna hit. But you're like, well, one, all of these dice could be a one. You know, right, right. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> anyhow, um, you you rolled up a magic character. Uh-huh. Uh, what did you think? So one thing everybody should know is that this is not going to be like you have 37 cantrips, 290 level one spells. It's somewhat constrained, somewhat limited. Um, But what did you think of the magic?
1: Well, see, I didn't get to play with it. And so your willpower points... drive the power level behind it too like how much effort you're putting into the spell which i kind of like that but the problem is i didn't get to play around with like gaining those willpower points and making sure you have enough willpower points to make the magic character class you want to work i feel like it would be very limited um, depending on what you're trying to cast what you're trying to do to do um so i i wish i could tell you i had a feel for it but it was more just going through the exercise and just kind of looking at the different schools and stuff I don't want to misrepresent anything.
0: Are you playing a mage
1: in your Strahd game? Yeah, I'm a sorcerer in there. Yeah. Okay. I'm a sorcerer. How dare you? <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but you have you have the magic tricks as well, right? So you have the Right. Like, but those are all like none of those are like magic missile or anything like
0: that. No, no. They're more of the tricks are for horrors, Michael.
1: Um <laughs> I'm an illusion. No, not really. You're not you're not wrong. Like it's like you can light a candle. Right. <laughs> right. Um Which can so, be helpful. In a game like this, actually lighting a torch is actually extremely beneficial, but like right. I should not downplay the elementalists. Right. Or oh. as the British would sell say the e- Illuminum. aluminium. Illu- yep. Yep. The- aluminum <laughs> so again it's interesting i do feel to be restrictive so like i obviously did not take that into my solo play it's like give me armor give me a big ass flail with some cool stats it's gonna you know weapons will have uh, statistics for like uh, and i think this is an optional rule there's optional rules in the book um like they have statistics that will do different things based on how they hit, which is why I want to see more of them. There's not like a forty-item list of weapons, and even if they all have the same like base statistic, the fact that they can do things like more weapons, more treasures,
0: yeah. So, okay, let me ask you a couple of questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree because like you know when I was homebrewing things like Savage Worlds, you know when you're when it's under the hood, you realize oh these are all just one d six with a different coat of pain. But I yeah. feel like for the player the coat of paint is what matters. You don't care about the
1: 1d6. Like, you want it to be a halberd or a glaive or, you know. As long as it has some, yeah, like, I get it. You're right. Well, what's the difference between a hatchet and a sword if they both just roll for 1d6? Right. Well, you give them traits, like, maybe it's a rapier and it's got piercing damage instead of just being slashing damage. All of that stuff matters, and having the diversity to make your character be what it's going to be Like, a flail means to feel like a flail, not just another 1d8, you know? Yeah. Whatever the flail is.
0: Um, So let me ask you a couple quick questions about the magic system. Um, Okay. Now, neither of us have played a mage. I don't recall. I think I played a thief class in my solo. I can't remember. Um, D&D, you sort of memorize spells, and you sort of prepare them ahead of time, except for the sorcerer, which can... Uh, it just, yeah, has you just change willy nilly when
1: you rest. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, so maybe the sorcerer is more akin to spending willpower,
1: so to speak. Um, well, you have prepared spells here too.
0: Oh, that's right. You do. You're right. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, yeah.
0: but I was going to say, I like the idea I think of spending willpower to cast the spell which I know in D&D you can cast the spell or if you prepare it as a second level for a first level spell it has. You know, there's all these things you can do to augment the
1: Yeah, just real quick like you can maybe cast two second level spells and four first level spells and cantrips and Pathfinder's not very different from that right. either. Um, it's just yeah.
0: And can't you like slot a first level spell as a third level and that gives it extra
1: Yep, you can yeah, you can kind of boost it up in both games as well. Yeah. Okay. So
0: In my head, and this is again without playing it, but I feel like attributing willpower points is accomplishing some of the same general concepts. But for me personally, I feel like it'd be easier to track like, okay, I can spend one willpower point to do this. But if I spend three willpower points to do this, you know, I didn't ahead of time slot that first level spell as a third level. I didn't think that far ahead, Mm -hmm. you know, but it, it gives you a little bit of freedom while still accomplishing the same thing. And then what I really liked, and I don't know if there's an
1: equivalent of this in uh, well, well, real oh, quick, real okay, quick, just yeah. so just so no one like jumps down on our throats. If I cast, if I prepare a first level spell, uh, see this is sorcerer only. If you're a sorcerer and you have four first level spell slots, any of those can be boosted to the third level once you can cast third level spells. You also have your third level spells. Now, you're right. There's more flexibility here. You have what you have prepped. And I do need to go back. Magic tricks do cost one willpower to cast. Oh, interesting. So, which I don't think I realize. So, one willpower to cast a magic trick. Two willpower to cast a spell you have prepared at level one, four at level two, and six at level three. If you're going to level three, you're dumping all your willpower on it to right. ramp that baby up. Right, right.
0: Um, and one of the things I really liked, and I don't know if there's an equivalent to uh, to this in other games, is um, power from the body. Is that what it's called? Uh, what you can do is you can choose to injure yourself to regain willpower that you can then use to cast spells. And I think you get wait. To- now how is it
1: different than your complaint in Forbidden Lands?
0: Um, because in forbidden lands, you have to like
1: push a roll to do it.
0: Right. It's not part of the spell casting circle. It's, you know, when I failed a stealth check and broke my ankle, that gave me the power to cast the spell Mm. two days later. Right. And I I don't think we're unique in saying like the willpower in magic for forbidden lands is weird. I think a lot of people sort of call that out as sort of this odd gameplay loop. But I like the idea that in, in a moment of crisis, or I guess whenever, you could just sit there and say, like, I'm going to like dig deep, um, it, and you hurt yourself, basically, in the moment to immediately restore a certain number of willpower. And you can choose. Is it a 1D4, 1D6, 1D8? Mm. And I think you can go all the way up to a D20. So you can decide, like how much do I need to risk right now to do this one thing? Oh dang! I didn't realize that. Um, I, I believe that's uh, yeah. I think it's called power from the body, and so I was because again, like I didn't play. Keep looking at the bestiary. I didn't play um, a mage, so I, I was only sort of getting what I could do through reading it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, there were a couple things that jumped out. One was the power from the body. This, if I'm I'm getting this right, um, I also have to confess I, I like the fact that there are magical mishaps. Um, yeah, the magical
1: mishaps. If you fail, you roll on a random table to see what goes wrong. Yeah, I'm a wild magic sorcerer in Dungeons and Dragons, which is like if you roll a certain number, then wild shit happens with your magic, and that's so cool. Yes, yeah, and so I, I
0: love mechanics like that. It's it's definitely in Forbidden Lands mm-hmm. as well. So I was glad to see that here. Powerful um, body, it's good now. Yeah, I'm gonna say something that might be a little bit of a dumb hot take as somebody who does not play tons of magic classes. Okay, I like the idea. That there's not 150 trillion spells
1: yeah it's very restricted like but i didn't feel that and here's the other thing i don't disagree with you where i want more of everything else the fact magic is obviously limited to your player characters in this game and that's intentional whereas like a weapon your armory that you can buy from doesn't need to be limited but limiting spells i'm cool with it I like that it's not everything and even like your rank three spells are not like super mega fireball sometimes it's just fly or teleport right you know there's a lot of utility spells are the high level spells yeah so you're not just like fireball in the whole room but yeah yeah I, i agree with you yeah and and for
0: a couple different so just really quickly on the hardcover book page 58 power from the body If you have just one or zero willpower left, you can draw power from your body if need be, but this is harmful, potentially even lethal. Roll a die of your choice, d4 through d20, before casting the spell. The result indicates how many WP you gain and must use straight away. But you also take the same amount of damage. Um, Any willpower points not spent in that moment are lost. Um, And then the damage is applied after the spell is cast. So it could be like a dying gesture mm-hmm. right and and i just thought that was like a very
1: i don't know i just thought it was very cool it would um, be cool thematically like yeah. to get in that position and then be able to pull it off yes the yeah. other thing you can do art is you have your grimoire right you you have your spells that you know and then like like we said you prepare those for the day you can go to your grimoire in combat yes but it's going to take you twice as long yes and so you're going to be taking multiple rounds to like do magic but again magic is one, you have to hit, still, <laughs> right, and then two, again, it's not super powered, like Super Saiyan shit. going on,
0: right. Yeah, and I, I have to. Give, I don't know if Dungeons and Dragons has a has a comparable mechanic to that, where because I know with wizards, it's the spells you have prepared that's your memorized list, and you can't really deviate from that list. That
1: I remember from old school, you know, playing like. Like what you prepare for the day is what you prepare.
0: Right. And so you're kind of out of luck if you come into, and that's one of the reasons why I think people like playing the sorcerer, because at least you have some flexibility. Yeah. Um, I can see that.
1: Where It's like, oh, shit, we need to heal right away. All right, I'll do this. It's going to take me one action to do this, which means it's going to take me two rounds. And then I just love, like, oh, it requires a gesture. Because... The, the act of casting magic in Pathfinder is one of those things that when you come over from d d it's not something you really like think about. Um, I know you can do things where like people require components, that type of thing. But in Pathfinder, even the act of going from a you know one hand to two hand in an item, like you can free up a hand right away, but then you have to re-equip the item and that's going to take an action. Anyways, I, so I like the touch, of course, of like, what does it take you to, ca- to cast this spell? Most of it's gestures and words in this game. But anyways, just another little flavor thing.
0: Yeah. And I I like that. And I think this sort of permeates a lot of the game's, I don't know, design or whatever. But I like that a lot of the times you're not restricted from doing something. They just put a cost to it that you have to then determine the worth, right? It's not saying yes or no a lot of the times. It's just saying, like, I mean, you could, but... And I think that makes for a really cool game without necessarily dogpiling mechanics on you. Um, and I will say for, you know, one of the reasons why I never play mage classes in DD is because I actually, I don't know if overwhelmed is the right word, but I, at some point, like I don't want to deal with like, okay, I've got like 38 spells, which 12 do I prepare? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to think about that. And then what I'll do is I'll just sort of set it and forget it. And then, what ends up happening is the rest of the spells don't mean anything to me, and... Right. Um,
1: and, and then there's some spells that are just clearly obvious. There's there's a best, like... Yes. Um, the shape-shifting spell in Dungeons & Dragons is easily the best spell for a sorcerer, and there's no doubt about it, because you can turn people into fucking giant gorillas, which I have done, and it's amazing. pretty <laughs> nice. you can turn them into dinosaurs once you're high enough level. And yeah, like, you're gonna do that, and why else would you spend anything else on that spell slot? Um, I like that here, like you're right. Some of the magic tricks are kind of lame. You're not really going to spend a will point on them, but the spells all f- I, I shouldn't say all, a lot of them felt like they serve a purpose and I don't want to say like they seem weak because there's like cool ones. I was just looking at like the elementalist gets a firebird. Yeah. And it just shoots out a big, and or they can summon like a little salamander, um, elemental creature. All of that stuff is awesome. Um, but what I'm hearing art is when we play a group game of this that you're committed to playing a mage is what it sounds like, and you won't play a thief or a knight. Uh
0: I will say this is one of the first games where I was like, I think I could mentally handle it at my age.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. All right. Artist playing a mage. Yeah, I'll give it, giving it here. a shot. Yeah. Well, I'm well, about to play a druid. Pathfinder. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to play <laughs> <It's> a druid. <laughs> so um Oh man, spells in Pathfinder is daunting. I'm just going to tell you right now, like it's, it's rewarding and there's really good stuff, but boy, there is a lot. I,
0: you know, and and (laughs) (laughs) it'll probably break me. um, You're locked in. There's no, but, but I am locked in. So there's no getting around it. The other, so I will say another thing, and this is going to sort of combine like the, the list of magic spells that are available to you. If, if I can sort of talk about how you sort of level up. In this game? Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. Um, Because
0: for me, there's sort of a connection to them. So the way you level up in this game is, in in like a typical free-league fashion, they ask you a series of questions. Did you participate in the session? Did you blah, blah, blah? And for each one of those, you say yes to. You get to do like an advancement check for one skill. Also, you can do an advancement check I think if you fumble it or if you critically succeed, right? Yes. So anytime you critically succeed or critically fail, you sort of put a little check mark next to that skill. And then Um, At the end of the session, you look at those skills that you've checked, and then you see how many XP you've earned for the session, and you total that up. So say it's like six. So then you pick six skills, or the ones that are checked, and you see if they go up. Now, the way they do that is in your very typical old-school BRP, Call of Cthulhu fashion, where you roll a skill test, and you want to fail. So if your skill is a five, normally to succeed, you'd want to roll a five or less, but now you want to roll a six or more. Because if you fail, then that skill goes up by one, right? By one. So if you failed that skill check, your skill of five would then increase to a skill, a skill of six. And so what that ends up doing is sort of this logical thing that I really like about these games is that the worse you are at a skill, the easier it is to improve. Right. But the closer you get to mastery, there's not that much room to go up. And as you mentioned earlier, once you get a skill to 18, that's the cap. And so once you get a skill to 18, instead of maybe getting that skill to 19, you can't do that. You get to choose another heroic ability. And every time you ta- max out a, a skill, you get one more heroic ability. Um, So you combine that with, so you're not gaining levels. You're not like you were saying, now I've got 10th level oomph. Combine that with the magic s- spell list, which is sort of reserved. And what I think Dragon Pain really does, and it was something you were saying earlier, where you're always fragile, is I think it, escapes the power curve problems that I think a lot of people have with D&D. Like everybody says the best D&D is like level five to 12 or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think because this game, A, doesn't have levels, but B, it gives you meaningful improvements or it keeps the magic system, you know, constrained. It feels very much like um, the world is is that a certain power and you're always going to be within it. And so you don't suddenly have to fight, you know, demon God testicles because you already <laughs> killed all the kobolds, you know, like, um, yeah. I don't know if that's actually true in, in practice. Like if you've played a dragon Bane campaign for four years, is it just like now, okay, now I got to go smash Cthulhu because everybody else is dead, but it Whoa. feels like it might solve some of those power issues that, that
1: happen in other fantasy games. That, well, here's the deal, right? So let's let's talk about Guard. If you're playing for four years, yeah, maybe you have that power curve, but you're not like there's nothing broken to curve into, other than all your checks are um gonna pass ninety percent of the time. You can take things, right? you, you know. You can well, you're gonna fail on a nineteen or a twenty if you right, really right. get them all up there. But that would require when I made my character, I don't think there would be any deviation from this unless you had a really busted roll, i was fortunate enough on my night to get 15 strength oh nice which set the base at six okay so my train skills were 12 right which means unless i went training in game and found someone to train me in the skill i'm trying to advance which is what you can do that that you need i would need six sessions alone to get my hammer skill up to 18 right and i would have to fail each of those rolls. right So, it's not like, I mean, I guess it's there if you're playing weekly for four years. Yeah, statistically, your curve of success is going to go up Right. the more you increase your stats. But again, you're not then advancing into something broken. Now, the downside here, the trade-off of this is then character progression is a little shallow. Mm -hmm. You do get better. You feel it mechanically, but you're not unlocking, like, oh, I wanted to be this ranger, now all of a sudden I have this awesome... Right. Pet, you know? Right. And not only that, you can
0: have experience points that don't mean anything. Like, if you pass your... So, like, at the end of my second yep. session, um, which is, you know, going to go up by the time this goes up, mm-hmm. I get to the end, I'm like, yeah, let's do the character advancement. And I think of, like, my four or five roles, only one of yeah. them advanced.
1: In Forbidden or was it Mithras, or was it Savage Worlds, that even if you succeed that roll, you still get a point? It's Mithras. Mithras, okay. Yeah, so Mithras is a D100,
0: so it has a little more wiggle room of, you know, like, you know, so if we go from a 38 to a 39, that's not as big as going from a 7 to an 8. But, yes, if you succeed, which is the bad thing, you get one point. If you fail, which is good, you roll a 1D4. 1D4, okay. you can, you know, get up to four points, potentially. Um, Right, so, but, and so that's the thing you, and this is also very much an old school kind of mentality. Games like Traveler, D100 Systems, Cthulhu, they have pretty slow advancement. And like you were saying, they don't often have, and then you unlock all your new powers.
1: Right. Um,
0: and so I could see how that would be, your character isn't going to, like Pathfinder, it seems like, and, and other games I've looked at, like Fantasy Age, Shadow of the Demon Lord, it's all about like when you hit a level you open up a a new door to stuff Um,
1: yeah and even items have that progression as well plus one items again just like a plus one role in pathfinder are crucial to character development it what is balances the game now this is different here it's a different game i get that right but i've not read through the adventures book because i don't know who's gonna run it or whatever right But the treasures are pretty limited, and I don't think there's a lot. Like, there's no, to my knowledge, a flail of bewilderment or something that gives you, like, a minus one on your strength checks or something like that. Right. It would be cool to, if you're going to have shallow character progression, obviously this changes some of the game balance, to then have item progression, which is one way that Paizo Balances Pathfinder is adding in item progression so that'd be I'd like to see them do that because I know it's old school and you set out there and you're this this new knight and you go and you clear out the kobolds there should still be some advancement in that I know you're gonna get it mechanically right but if I already have the flail I like mm-hmm. like where is there to upgrade mechanically and flavorfully without breaking the game. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Right. And like you said, we haven't read the adventures
1: and maybe that's in there. Um, it, it very well could be. Yeah. But so. most of the, like most of the weapons. So you can go get a Halbrid for 20 gold. Um, But all that is doing is it gives you so they're rare. They have toppling, piercing, slashing, and long. So you can hit them from a range and they deal 2d8 damage. Now my flail did 2d8. It costs sixteen gold. So it's like I'm already there. Like I'm already at the in game and item progression almost. Right.
0: Now something Which we didn't something you just brought up that we didn't mention during combat is there's it's technically it's an optional rule, and there's a lot of things we may have discussed tonight that have been optional. You should just use them because it's not that complicated. But yeah, yeah. There's the special actions in combat. And you just described your halberd's able to uh topple
1: um, yeah, I briefly mentioned that some of them oh, have okay. those traits, but yeah, 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 of course, yeah.
0: So one of the things, you know, again, I've mentioned Mithras. Mithras, its advantage and disadvantage in combat is that it has like a laundry list of special actions. Mm-hmm. Love it. That are, yeah, and I think Pathfinder, you know, is is similar, but what I really like about Pathfinder, one of the things I found so interesting was that the special actions weren't just limited to like your weapon can trip and stuff. It was like recalling knowledge or, mm-hmm. you know, they sort of sp-
1: even role playing sessions. Like when you're in a scene and you're just not on an adventure, there's a menu of actions of mm-hmm. you're in a crowd. Like, yeah. Wh- yeah. Anyways.
0: Yeah. Anyway, the stunt system for the age, everything. But, um, but I was, I was really glad to see a little bit of that in dragon Bane. It's just enough where I think it would give you a few different options on
1: your attacks mm-hmm. or you're not just, I swing sword, but without being yeah. overwhelming. Yeah, so that, that's an interesting thing that I didn't think about. One, yeah, I agree 100%. That's why I like those traits, is you have these special things that you can do. Whereas, and now, they only have a table of six. It's not like every creature right. has, like, 100 different attacks you can do. But when you have a shallower, old-school game, then you do have the Dungeons & Dragons trapping up. All right, I swing. All right, I'll cast this cantrip, because I know this isn't the main fight, so I'm, I'm not going to burn a... A spell on it so here we go chilling touch yet again does it hit nope okay there's so many there's only so many ways you can describe how a chilling touch does or doesn't have an effect right and so dragon bane needs those optional rules to enhance. I like if I'm failing an attack or I'm hitting on an attack, I like telling what my character does. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can't help it as a GM, I'll be like, oh, and your attack does this because you miss whatever. Then that should right. be the player, but I'm all horned up, so it's hard to <laughs> hard to rein that in. Um so yeah, I think that's almost mandatory just for more interesting gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Um so I have
0: some sort of questions If we're starting. I, I don't know if there's something specific that you wanted to discuss that we haven't...
1: No, I think of, we've hit on most of like the mechanics. I mean, it's... First off, we have not said it before we get to your questions. Mm-hmm. Um, just big picture, I love the game. I love my solo session. I mean, it's a solo RPG. That's something I, we've talked about how we... I normally would not do that. You seem to be your, enjoying your time. I enjoyed my time. I think learning the game is incredibly easy. Yes. Um, It's... You know, it's a relatively thick book it's not player core thickness or anything like that or as thick as alien but for free league it's well organized my biggest complaint with a lot of free league games is just organization mm-hmm. um it's got an index that's that's fine but the things you need are there you don't have to flip through the book a lot so easy to learn very fun really enjoyed it so yeah i was
0: gonna if we were able to get to her I was going to sort of conclude with, like, the things I really liked about it. But I wanted to ask first, like, so what are the sort of the maybe the slight drawbacks before we get into our gushing praise?
1: Shallowness is the biggest one. Okay. Um, I just think it needs more. That's why that that guy that you guys recommended, that's why I bought, like, everything he had already. More treasures. uh, The treasure decks, which don't add a ton. But even the necromancy school of magic, um, I just the game needs more support so i hope because of the lineage and it's not just a one-off i hope they do continue to support it because i think it needs it right um initiative yeah just giving more uh agency mitigation whatever you want to call it where it's a little bit more in the hands of the player i think would uh just be a little bit better and yeah just more more for more storytelling more character choices without overwhelming people i think you can still have restrictive schools of magic but right
0: Uh, so what about you i think i fall into the same boat maybe for some similar and some different reasons i I wish there were more and why the reason why is because i feel like the, the core of this game feels really i'm gonna use a one of those it's really fun like a word that doesn't mean anything <laughs> i feel like it's very elegant right like it's it's not hard to grok the basics it's mm-hmm. not hard to run it gives you a lot of choice that's already there but i feel like they could as you were just describing give you more choice
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: maybe a few more special actions without going crazy you know maybe a few more because then if you have a few more special actions you can add a few more weapons and differentiate them mm-hmm. you know mithras maybe takes it too far but I, I get it, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um I wish the bestiary was more fleshed out because I don't trust myself to so during my playthrough, I'm like, I get attacked by a bat. There's mm-hmm. no there's no bat in the bestiary. So I pick a vampiric bat <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out like, how do I I'm supposed to have four of them, but I feel like a vampiric bat's gonna be tougher. So I just make it one because I didn't know what I'm doing. But the and the reason why the, the more is a downside is because while I was playing it, I was having so much fun. Part of me was like, fuck, I want to run everything fantasy in this mm. system. And I don't know if I can convert
1: everything. I don't think you can.
0: And that's, and that's what I was just like, ah, oh. like if the bestiary just, just had a goddamn bat, <laughs> like, you know, maybe I could, <laughs> you know, do this or, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't like it was necessarily a bad thing. I was just enjoying it so much. I was realizing like, it's not, it's not a generic system that I could just bring any, classic
1: no it's not
0: dnd second edition adventure into um
1: and there's sorry real quick just on on the note of just the bestiary, bestiary bestariary. um (laughs) there's like there's tables to to assist you with some of this stuff but there's not tables for like rapid minion generation you are dependent on what the game provides you i i guess you're not like let's just say i guess if you're really in a pinch you can just take like a, a skeleton right and be like uh i'll use the stats of a skeleton and i'll i'll just lie about the tactics it's using and, and do the same damage or whatever." You, you're taking right. some away of it but the problem is like the flavor they add i want to use it all i want to explore it all i want someone giving me shitty bat or shitty infested rats or, or something like that you know right um because you're not going to go against a manacore out the <laughs> gate i'm just looking at the the beasts here uh, maybe right. a harpy, but mm-hmm. anyways. But yeah, yeah,
0: and it's just, it's one of those things where there's this aspect to it that I really, really like mm-hmm. that keeps me as an idiot from being able to <laughs> port over you know, your classic monster manual kind of stuff. Um, now,
1: again, there's 60 new ones in the. That's true. And there's not, there's not a ton in the core book, there's just really not like what, like a dozen. Yeah. You really need the bestiary. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. So we're up to like seventy, maybe or something. I haven't no looked bat. into it. Really, no uh, basic nope, not, bat.
0: No, no bat in the. Is there a rat? Uh, that's a good question. I don't believe there is. Um, so again, how am I supposed to do the classic? Well,
1: I guess maybe that forces you out of the classic then, right? Like, okay, we then we don't we don't mess around with the rats. We're going to get right to the the harpies or kobolds right. or something. We're not going to go clear the basement of the in out. <laughs> right right which literally your first thing in pathfinder was fighting right Right, but that's
0: the thing like you know like oh could i run otari in dragon bane and oh no no, no. right um as much as i love this
1: system oh well, you don't even have kobolds uh
0: did they introduce that
1: so that i mean you have goblins but goblins aren't fighters goblins are npcs when they show up oh right did you read about that like they don't have tactics there for what I don't know. Like I just glim- glimpsed, glimpsed at them, but they're yeah. NPCs. Right. Right. Um, anyway. So yeah,
0: my more complaint is just because I was enjoying it so much that I wanted to use it for everything. And I realized, mm-hmm. wah, wah. Um, but so it's sort of like a, like a backhanded compliment. Right. Um,
1: Right. Was, it is. Yeah,
0: it was, I was enjoying it so much that I was disappointed that I couldn't do
1: it for everything. It's job security for a free league. <laughs> there you go. But oh, yes, yeah. I, I
0: do hope because I like to what you were saying, I feel like they could add without overwhelming.
1: And yes. it would just just give so much flavor to it. But um Yeah, and keep doing the standees and stuff. I'm kind of uh I'm kind of hooked on those. We'll see if I oh, yeah? if I have them here. Yeah, I mean I just like so Pathfinder's always done the Done those, and if they're good quality, um but because the art is so evocative, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's That's hard, true. like just having these. Yes, that B series should have came with. It should have came with them because right. it'd Absolutely. be a really cool table presence, and I like the idea of like, oh, you're doing an old school thing. You don't need minis for everything. It's cool to have these little standees, yeah, with this like old school art going on. Um, I would, I would love to have like a physical. Uh, game of this out.
0: You know, I want to say, as somebody who has, at one point, collected a lot of, like, minis and terrain and stuff like that, I kind of like the idea of standees, just because, like, the art can be so much more evocative. I don't have to yeah. paint them. Yep. Um, and they take up less room in storage, and I think it accomplishes the exact same thing on the table, for the most part. You know, they look, they'll look they look way better than anything I could paint. And Pathfinder
1: uh, just had, like, all their... Um, what do they they call them? They call them the same thing Savage Worlds calls them, not oh, standees. But yeah, I um, mean, what you
0: mean. Um, we were just talking about it today on pawns, pawns on the Discord. Ponds. Yeah,
1: um, they they yeah. had them all on sale. I don't know if they still are, but it was like it was like twelve bucks for a box of pawns. Like I should get these, and it's like, who do I play Pathfinder with on the physical table? Oh yeah, no one. <laughs> <laughs> right, or this I can play solo. There you go. Cool. Um, so I time. guess
0: just wrapping up. Um, yeah. Any concluding thoughts? I, I, you know, any like positives that we haven't gotten to yet, or concluding positives, or anything that you want to summarize or before we head
1: out? Mm, overall, a damn fine cup of coffee. Yeah. And a cherry pie that'll kill you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, just even just even the whole box experience which again a little shallow shallow but you have the treasure cards you have the standees you got great little green shiny dice whatever i mean the whole box is great and my i have no idea how free league is is structured my only hope is that they continue to there's like five free league games that i want them to continue supporting and then if the others fall off Sorry, I don't care if one ring gets sport or not, someone will pick it up. <laughs> Just like focus on the things I enjoy selfishly free league. And I'm I'm hoping that Dragon Bane is wonderful one of them because I think it's a really cool as someone who doesn't do a lot of OSR stuff, it's been a very enjoyable experience. And I think they have picked up a real gem of with a cool legacy.
0: Yeah. Uh before I lose the train of thought, mm-hmm. what are the ones you want Free League to keep going with? It doesn't have to be exactly whatever but i'm just curious which ones yeah
1: so at one point it was definitely uh, alien i just haven't played alien in so long mm-hmm. uh basin boston whatever mm-hmm. just more like i like the scandinavian approach but adding the, the the like english stuff that'd be really cool i would love to get like um what are the creatures called that like every state has um
0: oh like yeah like what is Jersey Bigfoot?
1: yeah like that'd be really cool for a u.s one you know yeah. um Hmm. Okay, so Basin, Alien, okay. they just finally did a Tales from the Loop. Right, right. Um, now, they did things from the Flood, which was teenagers instead of like um, Stranger Things. Right. But the new Coriolis game, absolutely. It took me a long time to adopt it, but Morkborg. So what do we got? We have Dragon Bane. Oh, and Simbrium. I want to get back Simbrum. into Simbrium. Yes, 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 so, yes. Okay. Dragonbane, Coriolis, Simbrium, Simbrium, Tales from the Loop, Morkborg. Well, no, Alien. See, they could stop. They could stop One-ring. doing Morkborg. Everyone, no, no, no. You can <laughs> drop. You can drop one. Here's what you can drop. Maybe that's easier. Maybe that's easier. Yeah. You can drop Cyborg and Morkborg just because of the fan support and the amazing stuff for that. Someone else will do it. You can drop One Ring. I'd be fine dropping Blade Runner just because I haven't played it. Mm -hmm. Walking Dead doesn't do anything for me. Doesn't exist to me. Dead. Mutant Year Zero, they've done a lot for it. I haven't tabled it. And Twilight 2000 has never been my jam. So like half their games. Okay. Interesting.
0: I think I would, if I had to pick ones to keep going, Symburum. Twilight 2000 is a very deep nostalgic thing for me. So Twilight 2000, Coriolis, so, Symbarum, Twilight 2000, Coriolis. Uh,
1: Forbidden Lands?
0: Dragonbane. Forbidden Lands, I feel like Forbidden Lands has a couple of campaigns already out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, if I had to choose, I might choose Alien, because I, I tend to be more of a sci-fi guy than fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coriolis and Alien feel like they do two different things, but maybe they don't on some level like now that they have build better worlds for alien where it's not so much about Xenomorphs and more about being out in the universe. I don't maybe, I don't know. Hmm. Um, I, but I will say like, and the other reason why maybe not forbidden lands is because I've been in the forbidden lands campaign. I think we're on like our 52nd or 53rd session. So it's literally been years. Um, right. So I feel like when the time comes that we say goodbye to forbidden land, like I really got my money and time, out of that one so um anyway so yeah so i I, that aside that was just a detour i think for me i I just want to say like i obviously loved playing dragon bane and like i was just saying my negative is that i want to play everything with it so i'm just kind of (laughs) you know just not not you know pulling any punches there like i really liked it and it was because i loved Taking that old school vibe, updating it not just to a D twenty, but to like a free league, Mm -hmm. you know, modern sensibility. I thought it worked really well. I had no issues learning the game. Um, not that I got everything right, but I didn't feel like I was constantly thumbing through two different books to figure out what I should be doing.
1: Yep, Uh, like
0: you were saying, the even if I don't know a lot about the world, I feel like. I know what it feels to be in it because of the artwork. Right. Um, Yeah, I I can't recommend this enough. Even if you have a few fantasy systems on your shelf, I don't Mm -hmm. feel like you're... I don't feel... I I feel like this might fill a role that those won't because assuming you don't have RuneQuest and the old school stuff.
1: um, I I agree 1,000% because we had a conversation either on Discord or or here, Mm -hmm. about do I need other fantasy RPGs if I have Pathfinder 2nd Edition? Which is so right for me. And then I have Symbarome. Right? Like, Symbarome is this game I want to go back to, and it's this dark, gritty fantasy, and I think it'd be so cool to take some old-school D&D stuff and move it over to But then, shortly after that, you started the drag main thing. Is like, oh, I got to try this. This looks yeah. amazing. And then, so it's very clear that there's room. And obviously, there's room for a million different zines and whatever. But, like, this is a full fledged and multi supported um, ongoing concern. Um, and so, yeah, it is different enough. And again, I don't, I got rid of OSC and stuff. So it's not competing right. with anything and it stands out. I agree.
0: Yeah. And I would play this in a heartbeat over like OSC. OSC, I found. Too hmm. old. Too you know, like this like is the spirit of the law and not the letter of the law, if you know what I mean? Nice. OSC okay. wise. And that difference is tremendous. Like I don't I don't love playing OSC. I loved playing Dragon Bane. I'll play OSC with the right I mean with anybody, right? I'll play whatever. But I have fun with the people, but I'm not having fun because of the system where Dragon Bane, I just had such a like I don't play solo games, right? Um <laughs> And here I was, like, really into it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think, like you said, it's a damn fine cup of coffee and a slice of pie that'll kill you because it's really good and it's worth checking out. Um, I, You know, I, I just ended on a super horny note. <laughs> so before we go, do nice. just want to have a horn check-in?
1: Yeah, so it's – I've decided and gotten permission from my wife. Mm. So – Horned up for Pathfinder mm-hmm. that I'm gonna start checking out some Pathfinder Adventure Society plays All here. Right, locally. Yeah. Uh that'll be in March. Nice. Um I keep having these flashes of brilliance for the Delta Green slash old gods of Appalachia slash whatever system I use from the past where I just like, oh, this is this is where we're going to go so like the 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 problem with doing that was i didn't have the mystery or the narrative the way i want and i keep getting those like we're going to do this and then tie it in here and that's been the hardest part so that has been good mechs are good i played um Mm -hmm. star giant sworn um a little bit um which was brilliant i went through my world truce and then like i i went through the whole process and then now i went back to the mecha hack that introduces mechs into Starforge. Hmm. i don't want to play around with that i we talked about that briefly i think we should still do it yeah uh, it's been really cool uh just going through the truth system in in ironsworn and uh starforged is yeah is is so good um there's like a million new things but those are like the things that are active always pathfinder yeah. Um, right now, like I have a million characters that are just like, oh, it'd be really cool to do this. Let's do it. And then let's just tuck it away and save it. Right. Um. And that's like the advantage of the Pathfinder Society stuff, right? Like you just pull one of
0: those characters out and go whatever one you felt like. Yeah. Going.
1: So you just show up. There are some like limited. There's some limitations if you're going to sit down in a Pathfinder game, like unless you've received a boon. From playing in games or doing something like you can't use a a rare heritage or now all classes are available. So, like, Mm. even though gunslinger is uncommon, like you can show up and play gunslinger if you want, they can't prohibit you from doing that. So, there's a little bit of restricted character building, but nothing that would like take away from the experience. But yeah, you show up, it's like show up with a level one to four character, and they'll have pregens for you if you don't want to go through that. And then the guys who run it locally, the group who runs it locally, they'll also oftentimes, they'll have a one to four, and then they'll have a five to nine running. So if you want something a little higher power, a little more advanced, whatever, um, you can hop in either one. And it's just drag and drop. Like, sometimes they will be, like, uh, this Pathfinder Adventure scenario is number 18, and the next one's 19, and they're linked, and they oh. recommend you play 18 before 19, but you don't have to. Um, And there's an ongoing meta campaign, but you can drop in and play this scenario and then not show up for three months and be fine. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. What about you? Oh Yeah, go ahead. So you're going to get that started then. That's already cool. Uh, Yeah, well, I'm going to start going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's already a group who does all the work. I'm not going to GM it. And then it just gives me more experience to, because my Pathfinder experience is with you guys. Right. And a little bit of Glass Cannon and another podcast I've been listening to recently. It's fine. It's it's not really worth mentioning, like seeking out just like more ideas and more what sessions look like outside of a dungeon crawl. Right. And so like I want to get that player experience to see how GMs handle it because it's, it's just different than than DD or what I'm used to. So Yeah, yeah. I could see that.
0: Uh so yeah, for me, I mean you already know some of this. Um for me, the horny is a journey of being not horny to horny is finding finding my groove. And as everybody may know, like the first thing that I was going to run that was a, a more involved thing is is a Cold War spy game. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to run it in Gumshoe because that's designed for Cold War spy." And I just could not I would read the rules and I'd read the rules, i read and I just I couldn't get excited about it. And I've said this in other places and, you know, it's not some wizened observation but i always feel like you know the system is how the gm plays the game right players have their characters they have their skills you know the gm tells the story but you know the system for me is at least for me that's how i you know i feel like i'm getting the fun out of the game and i just couldn't get excited about gumshoe and so i mentioned it a number of times but the first way i started prepping that spy game was in mithras I stepped away from it because that's not a, you know, an investigation system. And I was finally just screw this. And I went back to what (laughs) I had prepped in Mithras and I was like, there you are. You had me at hello, you know, um, I'm back there all along. Exactly. Exactly. And then it picked me up and carried me out, uh, of the dangerous situation, Kevin Costner style at the end of bodyguard and happily ever after. So, the horny has been rediscovering Mithras and um, getting excited finally to like, I was super excited to run the setting of the cold war spy game, but I just couldn't get the system that, Mm. you know, and I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have broken up with you, Mithras. It was, you know, I need you to take me back. And luckily Mithras said,
1: you know, let's give it another shot. So I'm happy to hear that. I know we've talked about this, like, I found Mithras fascinating. It's it's kind of the Symbarum problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's its own thing, and it's unfamiliar, and it has, like, Pathfinder is a lot to chew on. Like, right. it, it's so much more than just attack. You have three actions, and you need to use them tactfully, or you're going to get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be daunting to players. And then so with Mithras, with those enhancements on your attacks, that whole menu of stuff is so fascinating to me, but I understand why some players, like, this is a very valid way to play games is just like to show up and play and not dive in deep. And I feel like Simbrom similar kind of deal where it, it requires an adoption of something that's unfamiliar and different than anything else. Free league is doing. Right. Um, so I'm excited because I like those options. Like what, what, what's going to happen when this attack goes through.
0: Right. And I, I will just confess, right. The reason why I started initially saying, well, maybe Mithras isn't the right system is because I don't expect this to be super combat heavy. And so I'm like, oh, well, okay, then are we losing? But then I realized as I was coming back to it, there's like, you know, passions, there's the sanity system, there's
2: mm-hmm. all
0: these other things that, you know, it's is very flexible. So I, I started to realize, you know, I could sort of create a game that was very flexible, maybe not quite as gonzo as Savage Worlds, but still, you know, flexible with a lot of different systems I could sort of piece together and see how it plays. So anyway, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um,
1: I do have another game, and unless you had other ones. No, 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 hands. no. Now, this is new. This is un... when the Kickstarter happened on my radar. One of my favorite games from the PS1 era, and games I played as a kid the most, was a game called Medieval. Mm-hmm. You're a skeleton knight, and you're fighting creepy crawlies, and it's very this dark humor. Right. Um, it's amazing. And there's a game that recently came out, Of course, I had to buy it called Unglorious. Have you heard of this? Did you see it at all? There was a Kickstarter. No. No. Okay. Unglorious.
0: Let me look it up.
1: So you're dead. You're playing a character that's dead. You have a rusted sword, much like uh, in medieval, the PS1 game. Like the whole tagline is like, good heavens. I've heard of some stupid deaths in my time, but this one takes the cake, which is just (laughs) medieval to a T. And so... Yeah, you know, like, I don't know how many times I've messaged you with like, bullshit, like souls born adjacent tabletop RPGs. Like if yeah. you can somehow capture that magic and bottle it into a tabletop RPG, I'm there for it. And so if this captures medieval and makes it this witty fantasy role-playing game while you're also dead and you have the consequences of being dead, mm-hmm. then I'm there for it. Um, the art looks amazing. The presentation looks amazing. My only complaint is like, if I get it locally, then I don't get the PDFs. I have oh, to right. now, the PDFs are like 20 bucks. Um, but yeah, it's you started the death of your character and then you go on from there and it looks <laughs> really cool. And they have like a a Wild West setting where you can transfer it over Ooh. to. They have a pirate setting. Um, it just looks really cool. Again, haven't read it. Nice. Kind of bought it on a whim, just discovered it, but then I kind of fell down the rabbit hole. It is, it looks pretty cool. Uh, nice and, and that's glorious on Kickstarter. Acer. No, 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 it's oh, out okay. now at like local stores. Oh, okay. they had okay. a Kickstarter that I completely missed. Oh, okay. and they they if you go to their website, Aces Games, I think they're out of Italy. Okay, you can get the core rulebook and PDF combo, mm-hmm. but like if you buy it locally, you're not going to be able to get that. The problem is if you're right. buying it from Italy, you got to pay the italian shipping costs so anyways yeah i'll just drive through all that stuff uh uh,
0: a Kickstarter. it's not technically on Kickstarter. it's on game found one that i've recently jumped into just want to call out the winter king uh by shadowlands and it's basically after king arthur and britannia after that fall it's role playing in the aftermath of trying to get the kingdom back together whoa yeah so shadowland shadowlandsgames.com uh it's on GameFound. it's called the winter king um i've gone at the horny level of backing it and um that's one i'm excited to take a look at and maybe we'll get it to the table at some point uh just to uh encourage senseless consumerism
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all I'm doing. I I understand that. That I'm just. That's what I'm. Yeah, he's like, you should go spend money. On this. Every, oh my gosh! Oh um, my gosh! Oh my gosh! Art, you got to put like some of these images in here. This looks good, art stunning, right?
0: Talk going back to the art we were talking about, oh, the Dragonbane. Um, that's what drew all me in. in
1: collector's edition, two hundred fifty euros. I mean, what <laughs> is that in American? Like eighty bucks? No, yeah, something like that. <laughs> collector's limited edition for four hundred and twenty. Yeah. GM screen, uh, grimoire, exclusive box.
0: The one thing I will say is they just unlocked the foundry VTT module. So it would make it super oh. easy to play. Look at that. Does it
1: come with your pledge?
0: I believe so. I think it's a stretch goal. So I think I will. So yeah, it, like it, that's. Oh, even yeah, the
1: starter set looks nice. Yeah. 29 euros. Super
0: easy to get to the table. I don't think it's a super complicated system, but the setting really grabbed my attention again, a lot of the heavy lifting because of the uh, artwork.
1: Very evocative art, yeah. Anyway. Oh, hubba hubba ding ding. <laughs> oh man, that starter box set cover, mm-hmm. it's like an undead viking with moose antlers. There's <laughs> two two ways to my heart it's moose and Scandinavian. So, <laughs> checking a lot of boxes, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. nice. Oh, whoa. Anyway. anyways, yeah, it's
0: good. Well, this has been this has been really good to not to get off track too much. Like to get it back to what we were talking about, Dragonbane, Dragon really Bane. awesome game. Uh, Free League again has another game that's really worth picking up and checking out. Uh, Absolutely, so many other titles are. Anyway,
1: I agree. I'm. It's been. I think we were getting, not to stretch this out. I'll make this quick. We were getting together to play Cyberpunk, and it's like busy with the holidays you're not around rpgs and i'm just like ah man the last month has just been just with what happened in pathfinder if you yeah. haven't watched that episode under atari the uh the end of that session happened so go check that out for it was a first <laughs> for me i would recommend it right uh cyberpunk red was amazing and then getting able to play uh iron sworn starforge ironsworn and dragon bane and then discovering Morkborg mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh has been really about a whole bunch of stuff to do Morkborg solo and where i thought Morkborg wouldn't live up to the hype which that's another like freely freely you know picked up um it certainly has and so there's been a really really good rekindling which has been nice and a lot of things i'm i'm horned up for
0: yes yeah i will say like after like you know the fall like you know patrick had a baby we were like trying a lot of like one shot spooky season mm-hmm. kind of stuff mm-hmm. um
1: which is good it, yes, was, enjoy- it was It was oh, really good, really good.
0: But, but it's been nice to start this new year with just a bunch of heavy hitting goddamn bangers uh um,
1: oh yeah we're just like ball uh, wait, that's like trademarked we can't we can't say that uh like just go in right, i can't say balls deep i'll say balls to the wall mm-hmm. There we is, go. Is what i'll say yeah yeah, so it's legally distinct.
0: One of the best, most painful things to do with my balls um <laughs> is to just go to the wall. So <laughs> So yeah, but it's it's yeah, it's been, yeah. I will say, like 2024 uh so far has been really good with the big systems that we've been playing.
1: And we have fresh fresh blood in the, the Discord server. Yes. So shout been, out to everyone who's come by and introduced themselves. Yeah, it's been great uh, to nice yeah, to chat them. with
0: you guys. Get to yeah.
1: Familiar faces popping in there from over on YouTube, uh, those types of things. If you're interested, there's a link down in our Discord in the show notes, or if you're listening, down there in the show notes. Uh, anything else? I think we, I think we definitely covered it. Okay, I and we are health or emergency situation. Barring that, next week we are playing Vason unless you pull a 180 on me. And you're like, fuck it, we're doing Mithras one-on-one.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, because I, I've been reading Vason, and like I, I think I was saying at one point, the rules are really simple. Uh, so I think it'll be okay. really easy for us to pick up and play. But the setting and the starting mystery I found really interesting. And I'm going to sort of think about fleshing it out just a little bit. And um, there's something I want to ask you to think about potentially for your character offline. Um, oh,
1: you should. You should. You don't want to ask me online, well, so it's a little teaser for the uh, little interest for the listeners, or or does it need to be offline?
0: Um. So sexual. No. Uh, <laughs> um. <know>. So sutra, <laughs> Uh. What is your personality? No. What I was going to ask is, I I can't remember if this is part of the character creation or not off the top of my head, but a lot of the times when people gain invasin, the idea is that you gain the sight. Mm-hmm, that allows mm-hmm. you to sort of interact and see the spiritual to see the basin yeah the world that exists parallel to ours that interacts with us it can be dangerous it can be deadly they can help us you know there's this whole fantastical world that exists with us that most people can't see and the way a lot of people talk about gaining the sight is through some trauma like one was, you know, they ended up in a coma for two weeks. One was, and so if it's not part of the character creation, I was wondering, just think about how you gained
1: the site What your yeah? Do you need to know that ahead of time, or just be
0: a little bit? It doesn't have to be a okay, ton sure. ahead of time, but just I want I just wanted to make sure that that was something. If it's not part of yep. character creation, that you sort of thought about. Totally, uh, and we'll absolutely. Let's see what we can do with that. But anyway, yeah. Otherwise,
1: that's it awesome that's gonna do it for us folks if you're watching on youtube or on podcast make sure you like subscribe leave a review all those things appreciate it come join us in the discord mm-hmm. uh tell us what you think about dragon bane i i think it's really awesome hopefully before we forget the whole thing we should even if we shoehorn it in yeah get some kind of either co-op or or one-on-one dragon bane going Definitely. i would really like to do that yeah. plus you have to play your mage uh so yeah mm-hmm. share all that stuff down in the comments pop by in the discord we're on the socials there's links to all that down in the show notes i believe that's going to do it for us yeah thank you very much matt
0: this is this is great to shoot the shit about dragon bane for a while it was, yeah it was really... cool to
1: gush about it was, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was good
0: yeah all right well thanks again and we'll obviously we'll be talking very soon
1: all right good night everyone